Hello, and welcome to the Homeschooling and Loving It podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, your friend at homeschool.com and homeschool mom of six. Join us as we keep it real and chat about the ups and downs of this amazing adventure we call the homeschool life. So grab a cup of your warm favorite and a comfy chair and let's get started. And this week for episode 28 of our podcast, we've got something special planned. We are bringing you a workshop that we just recently did on site. So you get to hear it as audio only. I hope you enjoy. Let's get to the workshop. Hi, everyone, and welcome to homeschool.com's workshop on homeschooling and working. I know that's been kind of a crazy period of time in history right now where almost everybody has been thrown into some form of homeschooling, and many people, that means that they have to work from home as well. And so it's it's difficult. It's challenging. And today we're going to talk about that, hopefully give you some creative ways you can do it and manage the children and homeschooling all at the same time. So before we get started today, I'd like to go ahead and introduce myself. I'm Jamie, and I am a homeschooling mom of six, and I have been homeschooling for about 15 years now. I do work from home. As I said, I am the host of homeschool.com, and so Obviously, from the very beginning, when I started, um, actually about 10 years ago, I started working from home and I was homeschooling already. And so those two things I noticed early on took some really creative management skills to handle everything and keep it going. Let's go ahead and get started. You know, I've got this nice little Prezi video on my screen here that will help us with a presentation. But before I jump into that, I just want to talk for a second about some fundamentals before we get into the nitty gritty of actually working and homeschooling. And one of those things is the fact that we often get overwhelmed, especially all of us as moms. Moms tend to want to do everything, to say yes to everything and to just accept everything. And our plates tend to be full to overflowing. And one thing I like to do when I do this workshop at the homeschool conventions or wherever I'm doing it, I like to bring along some paper plates and I actually pass them out and give them to the ladies and, and, and men in my workshops. And I have them take a minute before we get started while we're waiting on everybody to come in and write down everything on those plates that they have obligated themselves to do over the course of a week, just say, for example. And so as they sit there and they're thinking about those things and they're writing and they begin to realize visual realization that their plate is very full. And so before we jump into all this other stuff, I do want to bring attention to that. This is um, something that I like to do twice a year in my own life. I like to take that paper plate and I write out everything that I have obligated myself to do, the responsibilities that I have. Some of them are just God-given responsibilities like raising our children, and those are non-negotiable, obviously. But there are lots of other things that we take on throughout the days and weeks and months during the year, and we say yes sometimes to things that we really don't need to accept and embrace in our life. And so I take those things, I write them down, I look at them with a really critical eye, then I take another plate and I 
of course, have some goals in life. And, and this is what we're going to talk about in just a minute, even with homeschooling, working, personal goals. And if those things on the first plate don't align with the goals that I have set, I'm not going to bring them over to my new plate. And so this is just a little activity that may help you if you're feeling overwhelmed or that things are just too much that you can't get them all done. There's just so many, so many responsibilities on your plate that you can't do anything well. And so this is really where you need to start. This is the heart of the matter. All right, so let's go ahead and look at this first slide. And it says, let's deal with that plate. Well, obviously, I'm talking about that. <laughs> are you feeling overwhelmed at the thought of working and homeschooling? So how do, you, how do you get started and get started right? And this is kind of my starting point, this idea of thinking about all your responsibilities as your plate and everything that you've put on yourself as filling that plate. So is your plate too full? Well, a survey recently, I can't remember where I got that. I think it was one of our own homeschool.com surveys. Excuse me, but 13% of parents say that they are burnt out. That is really sad. And hopefully maybe we can find some solutions to that as we talk today. So the first thing I want to encourage you to do, and obviously with the plate exercise, you have your full plate and then you have a new plate. And you're kind of clearing your plate, starting over, examining everything, see if it lines up with your goals in your life, and then bringing it over to your new plate. And a good time to do this little exercise is the beginning of back to school or maybe even also in January, the beginning of a new year. So one of the things I encourage ladies to do is to just say no. Just say no. It's okay. <laughs> You can dump everything off that plate. You can start over. You can analyze everything. Don't add anything back to your new plate until you've critically looked at it, maybe even prayed about it and determined if it was the best investment of your time. All right, so then the next slide was the fact that we often, as we are working through this and um, working from home, homeschooling, being a mom or even a dad, we meal plan, we take care of the children, we take them to extra, oh my goodness, there's so many things. And then even in the midst of all of that, we sometimes allow ourselves to have unrealistic expectations. And that really is a big deal. I know we are, we are getting really honest these days about social media and the fact that many Many women especially are brought into this bad, dark place of thinking that they have to be just like social media. And it's, it's not true. It's not a healthy viewpoint of life. And so I want to encourage you to ditch any unrealistic expectations that you might have of yourself or of your children or your spouse or even of your physical location, your home. And, you know, a lot of times we think, oh, my goodness, if, if we don't say yes to this or to that, that somebody wants us to do with them or for them, then maybe we'll miss out or maybe they'll be mad at us or maybe I'll miss out on opportunities of different you know, things. You know what? Does it matter? Does it align with your goals? Is it going to support your main purpose in life? And if it doesn't, don't be afraid to say no. Don't be afraid to just move on from it. 
You've got to have priorities. And when you say yes, it should be something that is very meaningful and supports your goals and your purpose in life. So don't be afraid to say no, and you don't have to be perfect. The last thing I wanted to talk about is being content. You know, sometimes we overload that plate because we aren't content with what we have or with the way things are. And, you know, sometimes, yes, things may need to change in our lives, but is it something that we have to take care of? I know it's hard for us as moms because we have that want to fix it gene. just comes naturally. And so we need to be careful with that fact that, we need to first be content with what what our lot in life is, with what we have, with with you know what we've been given as far as blessings, and then move from there to be diligent, to take good care, to educate our children to the best of our abilities. But I think sometimes we just have a general feeling of discontent that is a discontentment with things that don't really matter. And so what I'm encouraging you with this is to be content with the things that really do matter, to be content with family and the simple things in life, because that really does affect your outlook and how you view the rest of what we'll talk about today. Okay, so let's move on. So the second thing I want to talk to you about is getting a head start. So we are working and homeschooling and obviously doing all of the other things that are required of us as a parent and then as a spouse if we are married and granted there are probably some single people here listening to this workshop as well and I know it's very difficult it's a lot of hard work for you I have a good friend who is single and is homeschooling and is working from home And she does it well. She does it with grace and style. And she's one of my heroes. I don't know how she does it all, but she does. And it's possible. You can do it. And she had some, she shared with me some of these practical tips. So, but anyway, the first thing that I want to encourage you to do is to get a head start. And this, when I say this, I'm not talking about you have to get up at five o'clock in the morning, though there are some people who thrive with getting up before the birds. (laughs) Uh, That's not always me. But I do try to get up before my children. And when you do that, when you get started before the kids, then you have that time to sort of settle into the day. You have time to have some quiet time. You have time to catch up and get organized. If you wake up first, you have time to do the things that you need to do. You can rise before the kids. And that's not a time limit. I'm not setting you, boxing you in in any way, just sometime before the children. And so one of the things that I enjoy doing when I wake up before my children, of course, is to fill my cup. And with that, I like to give the picture of all my children, my spouse, all the people in my family as little cups that need to be filled each day. And, you know, whether they're tiny or they're teenagers, they need us. And they need us to fill them with good things every day. And so if our cup is empty of good things, what is kind of the natural inclination? We just kind of maybe might spill the not so good things. We might be a little stressed out or we might be angry or just a feeling of I can't get caught up. I can't do everything that I need to do. I can't get it done. And then that causes us to respond in ways that are not positive. And so my encouragement to you is to take that time to get up before the kids, to have some quiet settling time, to fill your cup 
spiritually, emotionally, and even physically after I have that quiet time and my coffee, of course, that gets me going, then I exercise. And exercising, I have found over the years, really clears my mind, gives me clarity of thinking so that when I do get to work, I can concentrate and focus and be more productive. And so all of that ties in together to get you in a good place for the day, for your children, and for your home. So one of the other things that I like to practice as well in the morning is to get the important things done. That may require me get it done in silence. I try to get it done early before the kids and everything, everybody gets stirring. Um, oftentimes, like today, it's the middle of the day and I'm doing this workshop. <laughs> it happens. You know, you have to be flexible. That's not on my uh, notes here, but it's a good point. You have to, when you homeschool and you work from home, you have to be flexible and the kids have to be flexible. But get those important things done first off. And then I like to create goals. As I said, I'm not one who likes to box into times, but I do feel like goals really help you have something to shoot for, whether it's goal for the month or the year or the week or the day. And so what I do monthly, I will plan big goals. And then weekly on Sunday, Monday, I will plan the week's goals. And then on Monday morning, I'll revisit those and make sure that those goals are appropriate for the day. Because, you know, um, right now, living in our house, we have seven people. And when you have that many people, there are a lot of moving parts. A lot of things can happen. Even in the course of an hour, plans for the day may change. And so I revisit those goals, make sure that they are still relevant and applicable to us for this day, for this week. And so that's one of one of the aspects of my morning time, that quiet time of getting up before the kids. I also, for the work side, I like to do a top five. I do that for the kids, too. I do their top five. Um, this has looked like a few different things over the years. Sometimes we've done different types of scheduling, but I find that if I can put this in my planner, my top three or top five things that I want to get done today, those are my goals. And I have something to shoot for then. And it seems like I get more accomplished because I'm, I've got them right in front of me. I can focus on them and hopefully get them done during the course of the day. So let's look at the next point which is to have a plan. I know I mentioned the goals, so this just ties right in with that. To have a plan, you want to keep it simple. Um, so keep it simple. Organize your time. Find what's best for your family. So let's look at this customizing your schedule first. You can stagger your hours with your husband. That's one of the, that's uh, that's a really good way to kind of share the responsibility of homeschooling and working from home. All right. So say, for example, your husband has to work as well or your wife has to work. And so you can if you were have to work in the morning, your husband or spouse, your wife works in the evening. You can flip flop your part or your involvement in homeschooling with your work hours. And so that works really well. It also keeps both parents involved, which is always the best homeschooling experience. 
And so just finding a flexible way that you can address your schedule, you need to realize as well, you don't have to homeschool in the morning during regular public school hours. You can homeschool in the afternoon or in the evening, or you can even homeschool on the weekend if that is what fits your schedule. You are absolutely at liberty to do what is best for your family and your lifestyle. So don't let time constraints inhibit you. All right, some time organization methods. And this, these are just some different ideas. Some of you may already use some of these things. Some of you may already are, have experienced them and don't like them, but we're just going to run through them. I do want to mention before I get into these that personally I have found with homeschooling and working because there are so many opportunities for interruption and for just distraction all day long that we have not kept to a time schedule. And I'm, I used to be like that. I used to be a classroom teacher. And when I first started homeschooling, I went into the whole from eight to nine, we're going to do this from nine to nine, 15, we'll do this. And that first year had me continually feeling like a failure because I was fighting that schedule all the time. We something would come up or the baby would need fed and I would never be able to meet those schedule demands. And so my schedule was running me and that is not how homeschooling should be. Your homeschool is, it should work for you, homeschooling. It should support your life. It should support your children and not the other way around. You, you should not be placed in its demands and feel required. And if that's the case, you should change. And so that's what I did. And we went to more of a routine type schedule. So we do certain things first, second, third, fourth in the morning. And that is not constrained by time, which is very helpful for us. All right. So I guess you could call that a daily rhythm. Some people refer to it as that or a routine. It's just not based on time constraints. And it's worked out very well for us. And when we get all of the things, our top five done for the day, we feel like we have nailed it. So it's a positive experience. All right. So time organization methods. Uh, the first one we're going to look at is the block scheduling. And this kind of, I was very familiar with this from teaching and my school experience prior to coming home. And so block scheduling is a nice way to kind of have uninterrupted blocks of time for different things. You may need to do it for your homeschooling. You may need to do it for work. Your uninterrupted blocks of time could look like uh, morning time block. This is all the time that mama is going to spend helping you with certain classes that you need help with. And then maybe the next block of time is an independent study block of time, and it overlaps a block of time when you can work. So it, you can just be creative with these things and figure out when you can put in work blocks, when you can put in certain homeschool blocks. This allows you to, to group your tasks for maximum efficiency. And I feel like personally, if I've got enough time to complete a project in this block of time, then I'm being the most efficient that I can be. All right, the second one is loop scheduling. And with loop scheduling, I look at it kind of as like a batting order. And, you know, there are two different ways you can do loop scheduling. You can do it completely. Everything you do is a loop. And so you would have maybe your order of everything you want to cover during the course of this week. And it's listed one through 10. And then you can just work through that list every day for a set amount of time. Maybe you set the time as three or four hours we're gonna work on these items. 
and your children or you, if you're using it for work, will just work through those items. And if you get to number four or you get to number six, that's where you stop for the day. You don't have to complete the list. And so then day two, you would wake up, get to your time block and pick up where you left off on your loop schedule. So if you left off at number six the day before, you would start at number seven, eight, nine, 10, go back to one. Um, so you would just loop like that. Now, some people do loop scheduling where math and language arts are on every day and everything else gets looped. But again, this is your prerogative. This is your homeschool and what fits your homeschool is what you need to go ahead and use. So the next one, Sabbath schooling, that's kind of an interesting idea. It can apply to a lot of different things, but it's more um, your on-off pattern. And so, for example, some people may school four days off one, off Friday or off Monday, depending on their preference. Then some people may school six weeks and have a break for a week. It's just a, another way to schedule everything. So it's obviously your preference. I've already talked about the top five. That's kind of where we are in these days. We're using the top five in our homeschool and in my work planning. And so I make my goals for the top three to five. You know, some days it's not always five. The top three to five things I want to get done for that day in my work and the top three to five things I'd like to get done for our day in homeschooling. And then you can do it for other things as well if you're participating in other responsibilities. But the daily rhythm, I've kind of already mentioned that to you. That is how I do my daily schedule. It is not a time-constrained schedule. It is a rhythm, a routine. And it is a positive experience for us. But some people who are very um, schedule-oriented may not like it at all. So again, you have to make these decisions to fit you your personal preferences, and your homeschooling style. All right, the Pomodoro technique. That one's also very interesting. So with the Pomodoro technique, you use the time you have by breaking it into 25-minute chunks with five-minute breaks. Every four sets, you would take a longer break. This was kind of a one of the things that I was taught even as a teacher when I was in college is that when you're studying or learning and you have the set amount of time that you are going to study during, what you study at the beginning and what you study at the end of that period of time usually sticks with you. And so with this technique, you have more beginning and endings that conceivably may cause you or your children, if you're using it for homeschool, to have more concrete memories. Okay, so um, I have four breaks in an hour and a beginning and an ending to what I've studied four different times. That's a lot more beginning and ending things that are sticking in their in their mind than if they were to just study for an intense hour. Again, it is personal preference, what works for you. I did try to do this for a little while. Um, for me personally, in my work experience, it was a little harder because I have some projects that take at least an hour to complete. And so the 25 minute thing kind of had me feeling like I was quitting a little bit more, but it may work really well in your homeschool and for your younger children that have shorter attention spans. Okay, and then the not-to-do list. This is kind of my, well, I've heard other people talk about it, but it's another one of kind of <laughs> my little personal things. So I like to have a, a little list where we take and we write down 
all the things that we would like to make sure that we don't do in the course of a day. And what, what I'm trying to accomplish with this is to think about the things that we shouldn't be doing, the things that are a distraction and keep us from being productive and efficient in what we're doing with homeschooling and working. And so we can make this not to-do list and we post it somewhere very visible. You could post it on your home screen on your computer or if your kids, you know, they post stuff on the wall here behind me. That way it's foremost in front of their eyes and it reminds them continually that, okay, yep, that is something I don't need to do. Okay, I need to stop. <laughs> You know, of course, like us as adults, social media may be something that we want to put on that list to help re help us remember to not get sucked in. And, you know, that's the easiest thing to lose time with, isn't it? And then, of course, last but not least, keep it simple because, you know what, a simple process, a simple schedule really is what wins the day. And then the last point, and I think this is going to be a little too small to see on our slides with me in the in the view, but hopefully you can enlarge your screen to get a better look at it. The first thing that I wanna talk about with this, and this whole section is be intentional. Um, I'm kind of bringing this full circle in light of the fact that, okay, there are some things that we need to do. There are requirements on our life, like raising our children and spending quality time with them. And so that really is what this section brings us to. Um, but within this, we're going to look at some ways to help us be productive in work and also be intentional with our families. So, you know, every family has their own makeup, their own demographic. Everybody has their own amount of chaos that is just normal for them. It's life. And it's just us being a family. It's just being real. But you know what? If there's too much chaos, then nothing gets done. And trust me, with six kids, we have been there. <laughs> so I know that there are things that I have to have in place with me, my husband, and even our children to keep things going. And so one of those is obviously to be consistent. And as we mentioned before, rhythm is important, a routine, but being consistent. You do the daily schedule every day. That's a habit. Also train for good habits. So you want to train your children to take responsibility to initiate good things. So maybe they're taking care of themselves, they're cleaning their room, they're fixing their own lunch or breakfast, cleaning up after themselves. So train for good habits. Trust me, mama and daddy, that will save you time. If you have a time during the day, for 60 seconds, we clean up everything in this room, put it back where it goes. That will keep you from having to do those extra things. So then we also want to train for good habits during your work time. And so if you train your children that when they, they see mama working, it's quiet time for them. If they're working on homeschool and they run into a question, you train them with what you want them to do. You train them to sit down. You train them to circle it. Um, you train them on ways to find the answer on their own. So all of those things are built in good habits that you can train your children that will help you to be able to be productive and work. Of course, you want to teach independence, as I mentioned, how to look up their own answers, how to clean up after themselves, how to take care of themselves, and they need something to drink, they can get it. So teaching them those skills, also teaching them household and personal skills, um, brushing their hair, brushing their teeth, being able to take a bath by themselves and dress and all that good stuff. 
And then even when they're playing while you're working, they need to have boundaries and, you know, what do they need to do if they need you or some, some moms I know will have like a little red flag. The kids can hold up if it's a dire emergency. So it's a lot of, a lot of things that you can begin habit training with them to help things go more productively in your workspace. So the next tip that I want to share is to choose your curriculum wisely. And really, this is kind of an area that will make or break your ability to work while you're homeschooling. If you choose a curriculum that is very intensive, requires a lot of prep time and grading and grade record keeping for mom and dad, then that's going to cut back on the time that you have available to work from home. So I suggest that you find a curriculum that makes it easier for you to work and homeschool. Uh, Another point is don't be a slave to your curriculum. Your curriculum should serve you, not you serving it. And so you need to kind of research curriculum before you actually buy in. Some require a lot. They just really do. And some require very little. I do have to say that... Personally, I really like one certain curriculum, but it requires so much of me that I could never work in homeschool and use that particular curriculum. So I have moved in later years to online curriculum that actually teaches the lessons, does drill and practice, tests are online, and then they are graded automatically, and then those grades are scored and kept for me, so then I can just check up on my child's progress. So there are an amazing amount of homeschool resources out there that help you homeschool and work from home. So I would just encourage you to start looking and researching. A good place to start is homeschool.com's resource guide. It's a nice curriculum finder where you can plug in your different uh, qualities that you would prefer from a homeschool curriculum, and then it helps you find what you need to fit your lifestyle. So just some suggestions. There are online curriculum, video-based curriculum, and some of these video-based curriculums have actual DVDs that are sent. Some are based with online streaming. A literature-based curriculum is also a nice kind of independent study way to go um, as you're working and homeschooling. And then there are even virtual schools that really can help you find the time to do both of those things. But the next point is to organize. And you know what? I do want to encourage you as moms. I know some of you may be OCD. I have a, a good bit of that myself. You do not need to feel like your home needs to be perfect. You don't have to have a Southern living home. In this section that we're going to talk about, when I say organized, that is not what I'm referring to. I'm not saying you need to go and have your home perfect. No, no. Ain't nobody got time for that. Not when you got kids and homeschooling and working. So all I'm saying is to organize to the point where you know where things are, where everything has its place. And then when it's time to pick up, the kids put things back in its place. It's easy to get work done. There are not so many things out of place that it becomes a distraction. And so I have been there before where we've tried to start homeschooling and we can't find a pen or we can't find paper or a notebook. And where'd that book go that I was reading? No. If you keep some element 
or your own method of organization in place to where things can be found quickly and easily, that will keep you productive, your homeschooling going and efficient. Saves time in the long run, and it's great, I think I mentioned already, teaching the kids to pick up after themselves. So you might want to have that 60-second or five-minute time span every so often during the course of the day where they pick up. So it's not just you having to make sure things are organized and in their place. Have Turn on some fun music. Everybody gets involved. The timer is set. They know there's a quick end to this, so everybody will be motivated. Organization isn't just for stuff. That's another thing that I really want to get across to you. So we get everything in place so we can find it easy. But then what about our time? What about our curriculum? You know, other things that might be needful during your um, homeschooling time. So one of the other things I like to organize as well is field trips. You know, if I don't organize it, we never do it. So, yeah, need to do that, in fact. (laughs) But anyway, so take some time to sit down and organize your time. And we talked about that already. Pick a schedule that really fits your lifestyle or routine, rhythm, or um, those time management methods like we talked about. And then you'll want to take your curriculum. And most curriculums have a really nice scope and sequence laid out that lets you know what your child will learn during the course of the year or whatever the curriculum lasts. And so you'll want to take that and break it up into the time that you will be spending on that particular curriculum. So if you're going to do it for the full school year, your time of study, you will take that scope and sequence and the goals and the different items that that they will learn, and you will divide it up. Say, for example, half of it will go in the first semester, half of it will go in the second semester, and then from there the semesters can be broken down into months, Maybe there's three months in this semester, so you'll divide everything you want to learn in this semester by three. You'll quarter it there and then break that down into weeks and then into your daily plan and kind of a trickle-down effect. And your learning plan can be just broken down simply. It doesn't have to be some crazy lesson plan with super details and all these teaching strategies. No, you can have a top five like I'm using And that is your goals for the day. It can be very, very simple and effective at the same time. So I get to my last point, which is where I encourage you to separate homeschooling and work from the rest of your life. So I kind of look at homeschooling. That's that's my kids, sort of their job, but I don't tell them that. That's what they're responsible for and works what I'm responsible for. And of course, as you can see, we're sitting here in our homeschool room and I'm at my desk at one end of the room. There are two desks over here behind me in front of the windows. They get the good view, of course, and can watch the birds and all the interesting things out in the front yard. But this is where we do our work. And when we finish, we try to close the door and we walk away. And that is something that I want to encourage you to do. I'm not perfect at that. In fact, I fail a lot. Sometimes I'll have a lot of things to get done with work and I want to get them finished so that I have a good feeling for that day. (laughs) I need to work on that. I need to just draw the line in the sand and say enough is enough and we're done and we're going to spend some family time together. So I want to encourage you to do the same because in the end, work is not what's most important in your life. Homeschooling is not what is most important in your life, but your family your husband, your children, 
your wife. That is what is most important in life and making memories and spending time with them and having not just time, but quality time. Walk away, close the door if you have that ability to close the door, shut the computer, turn it all off, put the books away, put them in a drawer. If you have to homeschool in your dining room, you can still do this same thing. Just clear it all up, put it away. And then that way you have put everything away and you are now done. It's a closure. Um, so it's very good to do that. It kind of cuts off your mind. Otherwise, and I have really been there, still do sometimes, I kind of feel like I have to work all the time if I keep things going or open or the door open, the computer up. So close it, shut it off, get it out of, get it out of sight and out of mind. And then you can focus on what, what is really, really the priority. And so that brings me to my final point, which is to make your family priority. I want you to try, and I'm trying very hard these days, to be intentional. And sometimes that looks like, for those of us who really do tend to be busy, scheduling that time and putting it in your planner. No, I'm blocking off this time for my family or for my children or to do something that's fun with them. Because sometimes... Life just gets very busy, and if it isn't intentional, then we may just forget it and not do it. And when you go and you spend that time with your family, be there, be in the moment with them. And that may look like leaving your phone in your purse, in your car, shut off so that you're not interrupted while you're spending time with your children. Maybe that looks like leaving your computer at home when you go on vacation. But it's important. Listen to your spouse. Listen to your children. Ask them questions. What's your favorite color? What's your favorite song? What do you love to do? And just really get to know them. I think a lot of us are experiencing that during this, this time in the world right now. But treasure that time. Make it the priority. Even though we have to work and we want to or choose to homeschool, the priority is the family. It is our children. Um, so do, to, do things together that make you laugh, that you enjoy, that you have fun, and that make good memories. And I just finally just want to say that there is not just one way to do this. And I've just shared with you some of the things I've learned over the course of 10 years of trial and error of good things and bad things and ups and downs and all of that. But Everybody's different. Don't lock into one thing that I said and feel like that is what you have to do. Please don't. But take these things that I've shared with you today as suggestions and just some tips that may or may not work for you. If they work for you, great. I'm thrilled and I'm so happy. Um, but if they don't, just throw them to the trash. Forget about it. Try something else. Do what works for you and your family your lifestyle, and gives you that productive, efficient element of working and homeschooling and keeping your family the priority. 